This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. So today we're going to look into the Word, and I don't know about you, but I already sense an incredible uh, presence of the Lord in this place. During worship, I felt the victory of the Lord, and I want this to be an encouraging time for you this morning. That has been my goal all week long as I've prayed, as I've studied, as I've read the Word, what God has spoken to me and what He wants me to speak to you. I want it to be encouraging. A lot of times, I don't speak that much, and so when I do, a lot of times it is usually on something that the Lord has been dealing with me for quite some time. The last time I walked on this platform to speak, uh, he was dealing with me about being a little more kind. And so um, I spoke to you, if you remember, on Be Kind, Please Rewind. And uh, there's a part of me that wishes I could do uh, a little bit better job on the rewind part this year uh, of what we've been going through. But um, that was what the Lord spoke to us. And this time, God has been speaking to me about encouragement. And so I want to be able to speak to you about that today. In the past few months, I've had to lean into God more for encouragement than I probably have in a long time. So just to be a little bit transparent with you, um, this um, pandemic that we're going through has sent me probably through a flood of different emotions, as I know it has you. And there's a part of me that while I'm up here speaking about this, I can probably, I, I think I can see in some of your faces, oh, do we have to mention this every single Sunday? But the issue is that God speaks to us and moves through us in what we are going through in our lives right now. And he has a special plan that he wants us to be involved in that has to do with what we are facing together as a church. And so I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to turn into encouragement because I'm not reminding us of what we're going through to discourage you, but I'm here to remind you of the God that we serve. And so these flood of emotions that I've went through, I just want you to know that you're not alone because I have a feeling some of you have been through these too. The first flood of, emo of emotion that I've had is I've had some days of complete surrender and trust in the Lord. Some days I've woken up through the past few months and I have not had a care in this world. It didn't matter what bad news was thrown at me. I was on top of the mountain and I was going to make it and I trusted God fully. And then there are days that I've had moments of fear and anxiety. Doesn't mean I didn't trust the Lord, but I remember a couple of times laying in my bed the past couple of months and just a panic attack coming over me because of the news that I'd been hearing of people that had been sick, worrying about my children, and there's nothing wrong with that, wondering, you know, how this is affecting them, not just on the physical side of things, but they're hearing everything that's being said, and how is this affecting them? I have two elderly parents, so there's been a concern there as well as there should be. And um, just uh, I've heard and seen um, a lot of, of different things um, that kind of gave me a panic attack. And so laying in the bed that night, I just began to call on the name of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but that's all I said over and over and over again. Jesus, 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 until that panic attack left me. The third uh, flood of emotions that I've had sometimes is that of wanting uh, to remind people to follow rules because that is my personality, and please don't stone me for that. But I went to Starbucks a couple of months ago before you could even go inside, and uh, it was after the gym, and me and a friend went uh, to get a coffee after we had worked out. 
And so you place your mobile order and you get there. And so the one that I had went to, I don't know if they were all like this, but they had these big green circles on the ground outside that were very kind. They started with the word please and said, please wait and stand in these areas while you're waiting for your coffee. So that caught my eye. I'm a rule follower. So I went and I stood there. But there was tons of people waiting for their coffee and tons of green circles that nobody was standing on. And there was no green circles over here. And so my friend was also over here. So I had a moment of righteous indignation and don't, again, stone me for this, but I passively aggressively said loud enough to my friend talking to him, but wanting everybody to hear as well, hey, Nathan, come over here. This is where they're wanting us to stand while we're waiting for our coffee. Now, it worked. Half of those people kind of like quit looking at their phone and went and stood over there. And then there's going to be those people, and I love you to death, that wouldn't listen anyway, and that is okay. But then I've also had a flood of emotions of being on the opposite spectrum. And again, don't stone me for this. There have been times that I have wanted to buck the rules. I've been woke up or heard something and been fed up with maybe what I'm hearing and maybe not understanding. And so your executive pastor today is is letting you know you are not alone. I've had all of these different emotions in my life. I want to say that I've learned probably in these past few months how to be more flexible, how to lean into God and to trust him more. You know, social, the, the part of social distancing really ha- didn't affect me that much with my personality. If you tell me that I can uh, be in my office all alone from 9 to 5 and then I get to get in my car and you're asking me to go straight home and to stay there, I have no issue with that. That's just my personality. I can live that way. I know many of you that was tough and I did pray for you and thought about you. The part for me that I had to lean into being flexible and to trust God was I love to make um, to-do list. And so I was having a struggle of finding things to put on that list and to cross off because um, I just, I'm a doer and I want to get things done. And so that part did affect me. But here is the encouraging part. I said all that to lead up to this. God has been 100% faithful to me through it all. And I know that he has for you and he will continue to be. And so I'm going to take my text today from the book of Lamentations, which is known as a book of lamenting. So again, from its name, you're probably wondering, out of all the books in the Bible that you could have chosen your text to give a word of encouragement, you choose the book of Lamentations. But um, I I just want us to, to take a moment here, and you'll see where I'm going. The author of this book, Jeremiah, was weeping over a nation that had been taken into captivity. This was his nation. He loved his fellow people. He loved the people of God. He was sent by God to prophesy to them, to preach to them, and he loved doing that. And no one was listening to him. And so because of that, Judah kept turning its back on God, serving other idols, serving other gods that God had asked them not to do. And now Judah was going under the judgment of God, and they had fallen into captivity. This was a massive, massive, massive sad situation for Jeremiah, and he did not know what to do other than cry about it. And there's nothing wrong. He was uh, 
crying and lamenting over what had happened to his nation. Also, his city was laying desolate and it was ruined because of the judgment of God. But it is the encouraging part of Lamentations that I want to get to. And I think it's amazing that a man who was going through all of this was able to find encouragement in the Lord. If you've ever read the book of Lamentations, you'll know that the first two and a half chapters are full of a lot of crying and the last two and a half chapters are full of sadness as well. But right in the middle, chapter 3 Verses 21 through 32 are some of the most hopeful and encouraging verses of Scripture that we can find in the Word. And so we're going to read uh, three of those verses today, verses 22 through 24, about a hope that eventually would just not be true for the nation of Israel, but would be hope for the whole world. Starting in verse 22, it is of Jehovah's loving kindnesses that we are not consumed. And I'm going to pause there for a second. A lot of times when we read the Bible, and I'm guilty of this too, it's easy and we should. It's, it's a part of, of understanding scripture that we should do. We skip straight to what it means to us today. But we can learn a lot if we'll pause and think about what the author was going through and what contextually they were writing about at that time. So again, I just explained to you The nation of Judah has just been taken captive, and these words come out of Jeremiah's mouth. It is of Jehovah's loving kindnesses that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Jehovah is my portion, saith my soul, therefore I will hope in him." So I want to encourage us today with three things that God has spoken to me about really in the past few months. And then when I read this passage, this book of the Bible in this past couple of weeks, uh, a few times, really what God spoke to me about. So before I get to those three things, I want to be clear on two other things. Number one, I do not even begin to compare what Jeremiah was going through to what I am going through. I understand that there is a difference of complexities and all kinds of of different things. But the second thing that I want to remind us of is that even though it doesn't look the same, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what things that Jeremiah was going through, even though I might not understand completely his context, and he probably wouldn't understand completely my context, we are all made by God. God gave every single one of us emotions. All these emotions that we have going through us were given to us by God, and he um, wants to encourage us with that today. Jeremiah was looking forward to a home for his country and a renewed relationship with his God through a Savior that was promised. And this applies to us even today. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer they're going to put on the screen. It says, anything God has ever done, he can do now. And I want to pause there again. I'm pausing a lot. But I want you to think about that. Think about back in the Old Testament, some of those scriptures and stories that you know and you've heard since you were a child. Think about the New Testament. Think about the miracles that God performed in the New Testament, the miracles of the early church. 
Think about your parents and your grandparents if you're a second or third or fourth generation believer and the miracles that they've talked about and how God provided for them. Maybe you're a first generation believer, but you've already seen God do some great and amazing things in your life in the past. I want you to remember anything that God has ever done, he can still do now. And anything God has done anywhere, he can do here in this room Christian Chapel this morning on this campus, God can work a miracle for you this morning and you can see a victory. If you're watching online, if you're at home uh, or wherever you may be watching, hopefully you're not driving while you're watching, but maybe you're listening if you're driving, God in your car, in your home can do something for you that he's done anywhere. And then the last part of Tozer's quote, anything God has done for anyone he can do for you. And I'm going to end the sermon. Uh, I'm not ending it now, but when I do, I'm going to tell a couple of stories of miracles that God has done for me. But I want you to remember that anything that God has done for anyone, he can do for you. And so I have three points this morning, as I said, that I want to encourage us with. The first one is, number one, his compassion never fails. From the beginning, God's compassion has never failed. Throughout the Old Testament, sometimes we can see God's judgment all throughout the Old Testament as the people of Israel were under the law. But don't forget that God had compassion time and time again, and his mercy and his grace, even though had not been made evident through the, his son Jesus Christ dying on the cross for the sins of the whole world, his grace and his compassion was made evident throughout the whole Old Testament. When Adam and Eve sinned, his compassion already showed when he told them that he would be sending a Redeemer to save the sins of the world. During the time of Noah's ark, when Noah was building the ark, we know that that was God's judgment on the very, very sinful world that was in place at that moment. But God in his compassion gave the people time and Noah preached for years and years and years and years, inviting them to come into the ark. People chose not to uh, rely on the salvation of the Lord. They, ch they chose to rely on their own selves, but God's compassion was very evident even at Noah's Ark. The promise given to Abraham was filled with God's compassion for his people, and then eventually us. Before Jesus died, he was moved with compassion on the very people that he knew was going to crucify him in just a few days. God's compassion, and some versions say his mercies, are new every morning, and I want to encourage you with that. Um, during this pandemic, there have been times that I've got out of bed, honestly, wondering what is the bad news going to be today? What am I going to read? What am I going to hear? What phone call or text am I going to get that is going to be discouraging or bad news? But then God has stopped me in his tracks every single time I've thought, or in my tracks, every single time I've thought that and said, Chris, remember, my compassions are new every morning. There might be new obstacles that you have to face, but my my compassions, my mercies far outweigh any of those things that you're facing in your life, and they are new every single morning for you to rely on and to live in, in, in victory uh, with me today. The God of the universe who gave his own son to forgive us of our sins wants to remind us that he wants us to reach out to his mercy every morning when we get up. The compassion and mercy of the Lord is fresh and new. 
Beth came to me the other day, um, and she has a burden about a particular situation, nothing that has to do with anything here, but just a particular person that she has been praying for and has a burden for and has been working uh, through some things with. And the words that she said just spoke to me. She said, we, I just need God to break this bondage. And so I, re, I heard her say that the very next day I read this passage of scripture and God just spoke to me again and said, it's a new day and I can break that bondage. And so I want to um, encourage you, no matter what you're going through this morning, no matter your financial situation, no matter your anxieties and fear. I mean, I feel like that Pastor Amy and Pastor Lauren kind of already preached this message with a few things that they've said. But no matter what sickness you may be going through, no matter what sin and temptation you face on a daily basis, don't give up because God's mercies are new every morning and he can break that bondage from you completely this morning if you pursue it and you lean in to what he wants to do. My second point is his faithfulness is great. I, I love a lot of the old hymns, and one of my favorite hymns, what it, it's not just one of my favorite hymns, my favorite hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it was penned by Thomas Chisholm, who was an ordained pastor, but he had to step out of his pastorate because of, of health reasons. It forced him to leave the ministry. In 1923, he loved to write poems, so he wrote a collection of poems, and he sent, him, sent them to his friend, William Runyon, who was a uh, musician at Chicago's Moody Bible Institute. So a few months later, Runyon was going through this collection of poems, and he found this, uh, this lyric uh, that had been written from Lamentations by Thomas. Um, and so he quickly started forming a melody to capture the essence of these words. And this song was made really popular in both the American and the Great Britain churches during the early crusades of Billy Graham. And so I'm not going to read every single verse, and many of you already know the lyrics to this song, and they'll be on the screen as well. But for some people who haven't heard, and it's, of course, written in, a, in, a, um, in the English language of 1923, but... Um, I think these words are powerful. First, the first verse says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changes not thy compassions. They fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. And then the third verse, skip to the third verse, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today, and not just for today, but bright hope for our tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. And then the course simply says, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. When Chisholm, 18 years later, was interviewed about this song, they asked him what he was feeling at the moment he wrote it. And I'm going to read what he said. He said, my income has not been large at any time due to impaired health. But I knew I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care for which I am filled with astonishing 
gratefulness. So for Jeremiah in Lamentations, God's faithfulness was still present during captivity. He found the faithfulness of God in small everyday settings far outweighing the big glaring picture of what was going on around him. His city was laying desolate. His country had just been taken captive. But Jeremiah found time and room to praise God for his faithfulness. For Chisholm, who wrote these lyrics, God was still faithful to provide all the care he needed, even through the glaring sickness and the financial issues that he had. And so for me, I'm in the same boat with many as you, uh, of you today, and I'm going to go back and mention some of the things that we might all be going through. There are some glaring issues that we have right now. I'll tell you some of mine. Um, I'm concerned about my children's education. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about that and what that's going to look like and how that's going to happen. I'm concerned about their health. I'm concerned about my parents' health. Um, Some of you might say I'm concerned about my job. Some of you might have had to lay off people, and you're concerned about them and what that that has done to them. What about the economy? What about, um, and and then to top it all off, what about the everyday worries we had before March the 15th? There were things that we were going through. Those are glaring issues, but God is faithful. And he will continue to be faithful to you through anything that you face. The third point that I have today to encourage you is God is hope. I looked up the definition of hope this week in a Webster's Dictionary, and I actually opened a book. Uh, I didn't even look on my phone. But it's a noun, and it means a feeling of expectation. Then I opened up another book, a Bible dictionary, because I felt like, you know, if I'm going to speak, I probably should open up a Bible dictionary and see what it says. It said the same thing except it added one word, and that word was confident, a confident expectation. So I have a little bit of an illustration here to explain the difference of hope, a feeling of expectation, and hope in God, a confident expectation. I lo- it's, no, it's no question. Everybody knows that I love sports, and I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan, and every time I get up here, I have to say something about it. So you're just going to have to get used to it. This is going to open up a wound, as it is for me, for many of you in here who carry my same passion. But for some of you, you're going to find, um, you're probably going to smile behind your mask because you, you liked the outcome of these um, feelings of expectations that I had. But that is okay because we're all in this together. But there are, there's been many games that I felt like that OU is going to win. They win a lot of games, Okay. But there's four that really, really, really meant something to me, or at least I thought they did. And I had a feeling of expectation going in to watching those games. The first one was the Rose Bowl when OU played Georgia. I just was so confident that Baker Mayfield and the offense was just going to roll Georgia. And they did in the first half. And then this is how bad it is. I was 10 years old and already massively into Oklahoma Sooner Sports. 1988, Final Four, National Championship game, OU versus Kansas. Confident. I, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say the word confident because that's what I'm trying to stay away from right here. But I had a feeling of expectation. We had already beat Kansas three times that year. OU versus Indiana, 1992, Final Four. I expected to win. OU versus Villanova, 2016, Final Four. I expected to win. All four of those games, 
I was crushed. Even to the point of one of those, I know that I went out and ran seven miles because I just could not function. And I had to do something. I had to find expectation in myself. So I just went out and just ran and got, got over it. But those good feelings were crushed four times. Now let's turn it over to the spiritual side. But my confidence in God is a confident, or my hope in God is a confident expectation. He never fails me. Sports fails me. Food fails me. Uh, I fail myself. Um, you know, all kinds of different things. Friends have failed me, but God has never failed. And that is the confident expectation that we can have. And church, I even want you to look ahead into the future. We are a part of the kingdom of God. And Pastor Rennie spoke so amazing on this last week when she talked about the kingdom and she used the scripture, set your affection on things above, or no, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. I want to remind you that we are a part of a kingdom that even though all of us in here, most of, I think most of us in here are probably Americans, we belong to the American church, we, um, you know, and, and, that, and that's great and awesome, and we, and we love being a part of those institutions. But the most important institution that you and I are a part of is the kingdom of God because it is where our citizenship lies. And we have a blessed hope, a confident hope. I don't want you to forget that, that one day all the troubles and the trials that we go through in life will be past. All the tears will be wiped from our eyes, and we will live gloriously with the Lord forevermore throughout all eternity with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope that that means something amazing to you because that is a hope that you can have confidence in this morning. Um, Jeremiah writes that God is his portion and that in God lies his hope. He believes without a doubt the prophecies about a Savior because God has proven himself and his people's hope since the time of Abraham. And the same thing applies to us today. You can have positive expectation that God has everything under control in the midst of chaos. So the band is going to come up this morning, and I have a couple of personal testimonies that I said that I was going to share. So they're going to get started here. Um, playing, but I want to share these testimonies. And both of these testimonies have to do with physical healing, but God has been faithful in my life in all kinds of various ways. And I know he has you as well, and you could share some amazing things that God has done. But um, this is just maybe a way for you to get to know me and my past just a little bit better. But in 2010, I was living in Springfield, Beth and I were living in Springfield, Missouri. Um, Zoe was either three or four years old, and I was a worship pastor at Oak Grove Assembly of God, and I was attending the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary there. And um, I had always been a person throughout my whole life that had had sinus headaches, um, some migraine headaches. I just struggled with headaches a lot. I remember even in Bible school, sometimes having to leave um, services, uh, go take some Tylenol PM, just go to sleep at eight o'clock and at night and sleep till six, seven o'clock in the morning. Sometimes that was the only thing that would get rid of these headaches. And so they, throughout my life would come and go. I would have moments of, you know, five or six of them in one week. And then I could go maybe two or three months without uh, a headache. And so I was there and I don't know if it had to do with stress, but living in Springfield and 
I started having a lot of headaches again. And so I didn't think anything of it or whatever. And I'm just, you know, going through life and, you know, just still getting my job done, still leading worship, still going to school. Um, but then something just a little bit more serious started happening. And I started getting really, really, really fatigued, really, really sick, something that I had never felt or experienced before. It was nothing like the flu, nothing like a stomach virus. I just had absolutely zero energy and um, just found myself struggling to even walk, to get up. And um, so it got really bad to the point that I started missing a lot of work, started missing a lot of my classes. And so, of course, by that time, it's like, well, you know, we need to go get checked out what's going on. So I go to uh, my doctor and they take a lot of blood tests and everything. And you know, we two, three weeks go by, and they just can't figure out what's going on. They keep ruling out all these different things that they think that it possibly could be. And, um, and, and I'm not getting any better. And um, so even to the point of at one point where it had got to this week that I had not gotten out of bed all week long. And so our pastors um, were coming over to the house one evening to pray for me. I couldn't even muster the strength to get out of the bed in our bedroom and to go to the living room. So Beth brought them in to the room and brought Zoe in there too as well. And um, didn't know, you know, what's going on. The One of the nurses had even told Beth, she's like, you know, if his liver is shutting down, we don't know what what, what the issue is. We can't figure it out. So you might want to prepare yourself. And I don't know if that was a good thing for her to say or not, but that's what she did. And so, of course, you can imagine some anxiety and worry that is caused by a nurse telling you that. And so um, we're there in the room and I'm discouraged, you know, can't get anything done, can't go to church. I hate the fact that, you know, I'm having to have people come over and mow the lawn and it just irks me. You know, I want to be doing all this stuff myself. And um, and I have no strength, and I'm just discouraged. And I, I'm like, I've been prayed for before, and maybe you've thought this as well. And I'm like, you know, that's great. I'm glad they're coming over. I'm glad they care. But, um, you know, I, I don't know what's, what it's going to take for there to be a change. And um, I just remember that when they walked into the room, and then Zoe walked in the room too, again, she was three or four years old, that God clearly spoke to me, and, and he told me two things. He said, number one, you're going to be healed today. He said, number two, it's, ugh, I, don't, I don't like crying, so I'm going to try to uh, get myself here. Um, he said, number two, it's going to be because of the faith of your child. And I didn't even know that Zoe would even, like, lay her hands on me to pray because everybody else did. And... Immediately, when I saw just, you know, a little child just copying what everybody else is doing, she laid her hands on me, and God spoke to me and said, you are going to be healed. And I'm I'm telling you, church, you can ask my wife, you can ask the Morans, my pastor's there. Immediately, when Zoe laid her hands on me, my strength came back. I was at work the next morning. And God worked a miracle. Now, I found out, I, I don't understand why the doctors couldn't figure it out. I found out later after I moved to Edmond, I just went for a physical. The doctor came in and said, you have a great bill of health. But he said, do you know that you have bilirubin disease or Gilbert's disease? 
And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. And so he explained to me, he said, well, it's a situation of your liver. He said, I'm just going to let you know. He asked me, he said, do you drink? And I said, no. And he said, well, that's a good thing. And he said, do you take Tylenol? And I said, yeah, I've taken it all the time when I have headaches. And he said, he said, taking one Tylenol is killing your liver every time you do it. So I don't know why Springfield doctors couldn't figure that out, but I went to the physical and I realized that's what was happening is I just had to quit taking Tylenol. And so I still have that disease, but God healed me and he gave the answers and the, the strength that we needed. And then on a lighter note, but still a miracle nonetheless, this week um, I had on Facebook put that I had jammed my toe. I, you know, I'm 43 years old and I act like I'm 23. And I go do a CrossFit competition. And I'm doing these handstand walks and nobody at 43 should be doing that. But I did. And I came down wrong and jammed my left toe. And um, I've been in pain literally for three weeks. Uh, just awful pain. And so I just jokingly put that on Facebook. Well, 10 minutes after I did, a friend of mine from Edmond uh, messaged me. And he said, Chris, he said, I want to share with you this scripture. And he said, I'm t-, and then at the end of when I got through reading it, he said, I'm, he, he said a prayer. And then he said, today you will be completely healed of that. Well, I wasn't in a mode of spirituality right there, I guess, or whatever. We were at my daughter's birthday party, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, thank you for being a great friend, telling me that you're praying for me and stuff and everything. But then I walked to the gym for my daughter's birthday party, and we're, I was just so odd. I was like, I, found, I wasn't limping anymore, and so I went in there kind of embarrassed myself because Zoe, my daughter, caught me. I did a few lunges because that's something that I hurt to do, and it wasn't hurting. And so then I went back to my office, and I took my shoes and my sock off and started yanking at my toe. And I'm like, there's no pain. And uh, so then Pastor Amy, she was the only other pastoral staff there, so I went to her, and I told her because I wanted to testify about it. And um, But I, I don't have any pain in my toe right now since Wednesday or Thursday. So I just want to encourage you, God, um, it doesn't always work out the way that we want it and maybe when we want it, but I want to encourage you, you can put your hope in him. He's faithful. And no matter what's the chaos that's going on in your life, I want you to trust him. And if you're like me, who that day when they came over to pray for me, kind of had some disbelief. I was like, people prayed for me before, you know, just change your mindset. God in his perfect timing is, is going to work a miracle for you and you can see a victory. So that's the song that the band is going to play. And I wanted to tell you those testimonies to encourage you. I wanted this whole message to be encouragement that what we're going through right now, what you're going through personally, God is going to give you victory and you can see a victory this morning. So will you stand with us? Amen. Man, I want, I want us to believe. We, we're going to have to lean into this. So this song uh, is perfect for this message because I love the bridge because it says um, he takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. And sometimes we can sing songs and we just sing it and we forget about what we're thinking about or singing about or saying. I don't want us to do that this morning. I want us to lean into what these lyrics say, to lean into these verses of scripture that I shared with you, to lean into the testimonies that I shared with you, to lean in that you can have 100% confidence and hope in God. And I want you to believe for your miracle today. If you're in bondage, God can break that bondage. If you've never asked 
Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can do that this morning. We have prayer partners in our prayer room. You can walk out those doors. There's a sign there. It'll lead you to the prayer room. You can give your life to God this morning and have complete confidence in him that no matter what you go through in life, he's there for you and he forgives you of your sins. Maybe you want to resurrender your life to God this morning. You can do that in here or in the prayer room. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you need healing. Maybe there is financial situations that you are out of your control. Let's let God give, have a chance to give us victory and to provide miracles, which I know he still does today. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.